Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. It's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. What's up, everyone? Welcome here to another episode of Side by Side. And it goes without saying, this is the first of its kind. It's the only episode we've ever recorded where the Sounders officially won't be involved in the MLS postseason. That was confirmed last week and before last week, two weekends ago. Lost to Kansas City, um, did the team in. It's a game you had to win. You know, they put us off in a position where had to win and get help and I think we held on to hope as long as we could <laughs> but realistically it was going to be a tall task and what I've, we'll, we'll talk about the game against San Jose we'll give that game its respect talk about that but I've pulled up the 2021 standing in 2022 and it's crazy some of the differences it's not just the Sounders there's some other teams as well who it's just this league you can't predict it mm. like really really crazy so we'll look at what went wrong why the team fell short you know, couldn't get into the top seven, which is very unlike Sounders. You came second um, just like this time last year. But first, the game against San Jose. Um, everyone played free-ish, it seemed like to me. <laughs> Sounders got off to a good start, obviously. Uh, what did you guys make of the game? And just the game in general. Take everything else out of it, a big context, just that 90 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just kind of meaningless. Yeah. It was, uh, it was just weird driving to the stadium, no buzz, no, uh, un- until actually I saw Taylor before the game, Taylor Graham, and yeah. he was like, look, we've, we've sold a ton of tickets for this game. Yeah. Um, and so that says massive uh, kudos to, to our fans yeah. uh, over and over again, right? Continue to show up, even on the last day, Fan Appreciation Day, yeah. um, and just to see how much it means. And, and the Sounders got off to a flying start. I mean, a fantastic goal. Uh, and then as soon as San Jose, it was like, okay, this, that's how this game's going to be. It's just going to be back and forth, back and forth. Uh, but then things settled down in the first half, and I think you know, the Sounders kept the ball for the better part of, of, yeah. the, uh, of the first half and just couldn't create and find that. Kind of what's been lacking all season was just that, that, that last touch, that, that final key pass was missing. Yeah. Um, and then second half goes, and, and we score another banger. And, uh, I mean, a fantastic goal from Nico. Just right-footed, full volley coming across his body. Do you think he's heard the whispers? Of course, he, of course, yeah, yeah. He's not. I mean, everyone hears all the whispers. There's no, there's no player that sits back and can truly say, "Oh no, I tune out everything." Yeah. There's just no way. There's yeah. too, there's too many touch points on the internet and yeah. and within even Spanish speakers. I'm sure there's news about him floating around, and and that's when the rumors start to pop up. Is when you're not performing at your best. It's He'll probably see a rumor from Uruguay saying, uh, yeah, Nico's coming back home or something like that, right? And those start to pop up, creep into your mind, and then you're, it, it's in the back of your mind. Um, that's a tough one. Um, but oh, that game overall was just kind of indicative of the Sounders' season. Yeah. Hot start, yeah. right? And then we do okay. We take another goal mid-part of the season. We do okay. We take another goal and uh, late. And uh, the Sounders should have come out victors yeah. on Sunday, just to kind of end on a high. End on, yeah, end on a high, and, and let the fans go home happy. Uh, at the end of the day, the game didn't matter, but it also did. And we've we've talked about a lot of teams that we played in the past, and usually there's 
five or six games left in the season where you have an opponent and, and they're just playing for contracts. Yes. And we've said that about the Sounders, and I was thinking that you're playing for your contract ultimately the first week of the season, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you cannot wait until the final games of the season to be playing for your contract. And you know as a player, by the middle of the year, you kind of have an idea if you're going to be there or not. Yeah. Right, yeah. and then at that point, you know, you're you're a Jimmy Madranda, you're a Leo Chu. You have to have an idea of whether or not you're going to be there or not. Yeah. So, even if you're not in the starting lineup early in the season, it just goes to show how vital it is to show up every single day and work your ass off from the beginning. Because you can't sit in this position now and look back and say, "Well, what if I had, yeah, you know, ran, ran a little bit more in, in the off season or put in a little bit of extra help? Maybe I would be here." Because no one wants to leave, and that's indicative yeah. by everyone coming back to this club and going other places and being like, "Oh shit! To be oh, there. what what did I lose?" Because I think yeah. in the past it's always been guys came to the team when they hadn't been at other MLS teams, and then they go to other ones and they're like, "Okay, this is what it's really like elsewhere." And then you get a taste of how this club is run. You know, from the beginning, we, we probably have a better taste than yeah. um, most. But it just says a lot about this club, about how players come back, right? Lamar comes back. You come back. Yeah. Um, if, if they could, you would yeah. say Tyson would have wanted to come back. Facito after leaving. You know, it wasn't their choice at the yeah. time. But just to just go to Montreal, right? You go to these places, Colorado. Yeah. You go to all these just shitty clubs throughout the league. <laughs> and you realize... <laughs> Well, yeah. shit, if I would have just done a little bit more, maybe, maybe I would have stayed there for another year and given myself a real chance. Yeah. Um, and that's never where you want to be as a player. So you either play for the club or you don't from, a, from, a, from the start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but you also battle some, some of these guys battling injuries too. Yeah. Um, I mean, open game, you said, I mean, sound is 16 shots, sound is 12 shots, sound is 6 on goal, sound is 4. <laughs> That's I mean, an open, it's like a preseason uh, game, yeah, basically, yeah, right? Just back yeah. and forth, very yeah. little formation, the tactics. Um, overall, quite good. You know, got to speak to a couple of the guys after the game. I mean, for sure disappointed. Um, you know, Nico, definitely disappointed. Spoke a little bit to him, talked to Nuhu. Um, disappointed. Jordan felt the same. But you no, know, those two, especially, they have the World Cup to play for. So they yeah. were a little bit like, you know, um, Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, Jordan gets in. I think he will. Um, he will so he something to look forward to. But for the Sounders, just a crazy contrast. So we look here, 60 points last season, 41. So already there, big difference. I think we've talked a few times about that stat where we had three mm-hmm. three-game win weeks, weeks right? Yeah. Which is like yep. t- t- almost half the points came from just yep. those nine games. And I think we... Did we win three games in a row this year? Nope. No. I don't think we Two did. games so, in a row. It was the Houston-Austin swing, and then we thought mm-hmm. that was going to be the win out. Right. That was the thing about the whole season. Like We kept just, thinking like coming. it was going to be the gone. moment. And that's why that San Jose game was so indicative of the season, too. It was like yeah. we score right away, and it's like, great, yeah, yeah. it'll be 4 nothing. It's going to be a great celebration. Happen, right? And then like t- two minutes later, they scored. It's tough to pinpoint when. It's really hard. Even Schmidt, you asked Schmetz that question. <laughs> what was it? And... I, I said in the broadcast after the game, we're still waiting for an answer. And maybe it'll take the coaching staff to sit in there. Yeah. But I'm not sure you're going to get an answer this year yeah. on like what really happened and what went wrong. And maybe it's just one that the club yeah. takes on the chin and says, hey, we'll, we'll move on to next year. Yeah. Um, talking with some fans as well, it's like I, I've, I've seen them in the street after the game, right? And uh, they're kind of shrugging it off a little bit. Like, well, we can't. Yeah. We're spoiled. You know, second longest playoff streak of any North American team, sports team. Unbelievable. You know, other than the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think. Wow. Right? Jeez, that's nuts. So, in looking at active streak, yeah. right? 
So in looking at that, it's like, okay, let's take a step back and really look at the, at the big picture. Um, we've got this new facility that we're sitting in right now that's on the horizon. Uh, will that attract more players to, to yeah. come to this team even, Definitely, right? Yeah. Do we get to where we were a couple of years ago where every game was a, was a sellout and it felt like yeah. every game meant something yeah. to these guys at home? Um, it's just kind of been a, been a strange year. So, we, I mean, for sure. I think LA away, Orlando away, Atlanta away. There was that little stretch, Portland, mm-hmm. where losing last minute goals. Um, also thinking back to the trip, there was a trip this summer, the only trip I went on, well, with the team to Chicago and Nashville. And after that trip, it never recovered. And those were two games, I think, lost both games 1-0, if I'm not mistaken. Um, didn't score on the trip. And it just, you know, being around the team, there was a lot of optimism and hope going into that trip. And then I think coming back from it, um, the club never really recovered, never put a sustained run together, nothing like that. We look at wins in 2022, this season, 12, again, the year before 17. So five more wins. Okay. Not that different. You've mentioned a few times, Brad, the strike thing is nine draws. Mm a year ago, and this year, five draws, with including this last game. So, four more draws, and you would be in the playoffs, pretty much. No, no, no. Four more draws and a win, and you'd be in the playoffs. So, the draws were tough, and uh, is it going to be harder for Schmetz because they weren't losing 3 0, 4 0? Like, if you're a really bad team, Cincinnati's been bad yeah. for two years, yeah. DC's terrible, Rooney knows what he has to do. Yeah. San Jose. Yeah. They just know we're bad, we're getting killed, change this. The sound is <laughs> yeah. like it's 2 1, 1 0, last minute goal. You're not bad, you won the Champions League. So, that's probably a harder fix. That's what I'm saying. What do you do like, with what is We don't have an answer. What's, what's the answer? Is it just put your head down, we get back to work and have a whole preseason? Is this good? Because now we get Raul a chance to get a full offseason. Yeah. Nico, he gets a chance to get, yeah. you know, you've got, I mean, these guys have, what, two and a half months? Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to have to get started first week of January. Yeah. Because that champion, uh, the Club World Cup's, Club World Cup's coming yeah. first week yeah. of February, I think. Yeah. So they're going to have to ramp in pretty quick, but now they actually get time to maybe go back home. I think a couple guys are having babies, so they'll probably yeah. stay here, right? Um, and so if everyone's here, from what I'm hearing, is you're going to have like 15 guys still in the area. Yeah. And now, I mean, you, re- you remember in years past, right? And specifically, I remember mm-hmm. the dog years of like 2014 for me through 2017. So it was get called in, for January camp, first week of January, play a whole season, December 10th, make MLS Cup 2016. (laughs) Two weeks later, into January camp 2017, make MLS Cup again. And then it's like, wait, where... Would how do you, a, how do you build? Would you take a break at all, or would you was you able to? Would you take a few days, or would you just just? But that, that time was two weeks. Can't, right? Yeah, yeah I, would, I would literally sleep all day long because my body was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and so I, I think we. We're at a point now where maybe we can really take a step back and say, yes, these guys are aging, yeah. but I think you got to give them one more shot and say, if they have a two-month offseason to actually build and gain, will that propel them through an entire season now? Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm assuming that, I mean, you've picked up contracts for next year. Um, I'm assuming unless something comes along that you cannot pass up as a club, I think you're going to see a lot of the same core of this team stay. You have to bring in reinforcements for, for the bench. Wait. You have to. I mean, we have guys on the team that, th- how many shots does Dabalair get? We've seen this in the past with Owingo, yeah. uh, uh, Miguel Montano, yeah. uh, Tomas, right? These guys that you, yeah, you, you kind of just yeah. take a chance on. And yeah. how many games do you need 
at MLS, in MLS games, to show that, that you yeah. can do it. Um, for me, it's, it's 10 games. You give a guy 10 games. And if, even if you've devoted their club, right, um, academy, career to the Sounders, yeah, like, that's kind of the timetable because we're not in a position now, and you've seen it, this league is too good. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't just keep trying to develop players that aren't yeah. going to elevate you to the next level. So I think there's a lot of questions on our, on our young guys, too, of, okay, yes, they got an insane result last year at Austin FC, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a couple good results last year. I, I, I didn't see it this year. Yeah. I didn't see it. I mean, I mean Leva and, and Atencio, I think that those are mainstays and for o- the future. Obed. And Obed, yeah, all three of those guys. Those but, three, you can, yeah. but can you have all three of those on a roster? No. Why? I think you don't need all three. Right. Um, Except so then you start, depth, right? yeah. But then you even off. even then you start asking questions. Okay, Atencio, he can play yeah. a six. He can play as a pinch and a right back, probably a maybe, center maybe back. Center back. Yeah. So um, you got you start doing the math in your head about these right. these youngsters and and guys on the bench. You, Leo Chu, ha, there's no way he can't come. He can't. But, but he can't how, come. I, I don't know if he's under contract or not. I, I don't how know. How do you pay him out? That's going to be the tough part. He can't Eat be it. Here. again. I would love, I love know, to see I don't know him how you do it. become what he could become. Possibly, yeah. maybe it's a situation where he goes to another club and he just takes exactly. off. Exactly, wrong place, wrong it, time. Yeah, it's yeah. not about being a bad player. It's yeah. not about that. No. But I don't think he's going to make yeah. it. Home. I mean, my interactions with him, super yeah. friendly, happy, yeah. you know, typical Brazilian. But not. Yeah. Um, but just, you Sometimes know, for this work. club, it just, yeah. Sometimes things just, just, just What's your feeling on Madranda? Because he was amazing in 2021. He was amazing, I yeah. I he just never got fit in no, the right game. just he couldn't never, get fit. Yeah. And with, with a guy like that, I mean, he's a great guy again, yeah. but you haven't heard much chatter from him. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't been impactful on the field yeah. this year. That's another fringe player that, man, you, you, <laughs> with these guys missing so many national team games this yeah. year, it'll be different next year. But yeah. um, since that cycle will kind of be over, You'll have more of a complete roster for the whole year. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's a tough one as well. You, you, but you just have to find replacements at this point. The big one. For me, I, for me. Go yeah. ahead. Go you, ahead. No, no, say, no, you go. I'm going to say Nico. Yeah. Just think, he'll be here. I think he'll be here. But two, I mean, you were, I don't know if you were there at the very end of Clint, but it's not quite there, I don't think. But there was a lot of talk that Nico isn't what Nico was. Yeah. And still good, but can he be the number 10, highest paid, the guy you build around? Is he still that guy that knows how to arrive in the box, be really goal dangerous? And people are saying maybe not. Let's talk, maybe Albert gets more of the central role and build around Albert. Has he done enough to show that? I don't know either. You know Nico well from in your locker room, and I know Nico mm-hmm. quite well. We have a conversation over the years, but I never played with him. Um, is he someone that you can talk to and tell? Because if, if he's, what I've heard, you have a regen day, a recovery day, yeah. and Nico sneaks off to go and do a sprint on the treadmill. Like, yeah. He doesn't want to stop. He yeah. wants to play, play, play. Is he a guy that you can actually tell, Nico, look, 34 games, Open Cup, all this stuff, is too much for you. We want you good for the playoffs. We want to give you maybe 15 starts, mm-hmm. 10, 12, 15 off the bench, rest you for some. Would he accept that? Because he, he's, he's not old. He's not, Nico, Nico's, Nico is only early 30s, right? And Nico 33. has a crazy engine. He, I but think he a stat, stat came out of guys who played over 1,200 minutes. He, he, had the, he, ran, the he ran the most. So he can still move. 9.3 kilometers per yeah. game. So he's, yeah. he's, Nico turns 34 in March, so he'll be 34 right. start of the season. But. So do you pay your highest paid player, or do you play your highest paid player half the games in a season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Or do you go to him and say, hey, we, we need to restructure your deal because this is how we see your future with this club. And knowing him, if he's, I don't know, if he's a team player, he, he's got to recognize. Like, the numbers don't lie. Yes, you're still running on the field, but at the end of the day, would you rather have a guy who doesn't run as much and gets you 10 and 10 or 5 and 10, right? Yeah, run, run less and produce more. Um, that kind of has to be how, how, you, how you think about it, I think. Yeah. What is he on, two, two and a half million yeah, or something like that? he wrote about 2.8 2. or so. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean... The way I view it, and I'm one of Nico's biggest fans. I mean, what a player. The way I view it, and this might, it may be that Nico's declined or maybe the league's elevated. But when I think of the top number 10s now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put my top five. In the league, right. Nico would not. Whereas before, it was a no-brainer. No-brainer. Nico was MVP one, two, or three. Every year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that is worth it. Now, maybe he just needs a good preseason, a lot yeah. of rest, and he's gonna come back and be Nico. And I would love to see that, but that's but gonna you, be a tough one for Schmitz. You need away wins in this league, and you can't. Your best, oh, who's paid as your best player on the team, can't sit. Yeah on away games because you need yeah. road warriors to go in there and get a result. So maybe they sit back and they say 20, 20 games, right? I think if I was on the Sounders roster right now and I came into preseason and I was, you know, a little bit younger than him, mm-hmm. um, but I was still a leader on the team, like a Christian, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, Nico, Nico should only be playing. Yeah. Let's say he plays every home game and then he plays six or seven away games. Mm-hmm. But the six or seven away games, we're going to wait until the schedule comes out and we're going to say, okay, we had a 10-day window. He's not going to play Open Cup, but he's going to play that five extra days yeah. later. So he's got 10 games in between that away game, right? Being really strategic yeah. about what games he's played. It gets really tricky if you pick up an injury early in the season. Yeah. And then you say, okay, I'm out for five or six games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm a little bit older. Now I'm out for seven, eight games. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, there's 20 games left on the season. We want you to play 20. Your expectation is to play 20. And, oh, we got a midweek game in Dallas. And then we're going to come home. And then we got, you know what I mean? And it's just going to, that's the risk you take with having older players on your team and and veteran guys. Nico turns 34. Raul's going to turn 33. JP's 31. Will Bruin. Oh my God, Raul and I are the same age. I thought he was so much older than me. No, Freddie's 35. Kevin's 30. You know, it's it's gonna be a tough offseason. Um, Schmitz made a comment. I didn't dig into it at all. That he's always been known as a players coach, mm-hmm, and that people yeah. may have taken advantage of it. Now, what do you think he's talking about? Um, that's a great quote, by the way. Oh, fantastic! But that's he has a been a players coach, and I've always wondered. Yeah, he, that's why yeah, that transition. He's a players coach. What, what? Take me back to that week when Ziggy leaves. What's crazy is two weeks before that, I sat with Schmitz at the airport. I forget which trip it was, and we talked, and he was talking about, because Schmitz had applied some head coaching jobs before. He wanted to be a head right. coach. So he and I were just talking about, you know, I was doing broadcasting at the airport, I forget where we're coming from, I think an East Coast trip, and, you know, he was really ready to be a head coach. And then I, I wish I would have been there on his first week when Ziggy left, because I remember Schmitz as the assistant coach, good cop. I talk to Schmetz all the time. He works with the attacking group, or the crossing and finishing drills over Schmetz. I would text with Schmetz, always just like that. He was, you, you could be very close to him. I wasn't close to Ziggy like that. I don't think Ziggy wanted to be close to anybody. Ziggy was the mm-hmm. head coach. He gave the lineup, the tactics you played. Schmetz was more the personable man management. Did he change when he became head coach or did he kind of continue to still be the guy you can go and approach and fun guy, he's in on the jokes and that? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think that first week 
right? We had a, a team meeting, Schmetz or Adrian kicked it off mm. and said, hey, we're, we're making a change. And then he let Zig come in and speak to the group and then Zig left and then Schmetz stepped in and we were gonna watch film. And from then it was just bang, bang, that's yeah. how it was. And I remember that week being, uh, any, anytime a big change happens, there's just a different vibe. Yeah. And yeah. for him, yeah. he, he didn't change. He, wasn't, he didn't come in and was the hard nose, okay, we got, you gotta be here at 8.30, if you're not, you're fined 100 bucks, and if you don't pay that, you're fined X. Yeah. He's not that guy. He is a player, what he means by players coach is he lets guys in the locker room dictate how yeah, that, that group is yeah. gonna go. He puts a lot of trust and a lot of faith in the guys that they've selected in this club from top to bottom to say these guys can manage themselves. Yeah. Um, and so it's really not even a player's coach. It's more allowing the, the players to dictate where the team goes. Yeah. Um, and I think what he means by that, I think I look at a guy for me like Jovan Jones, mm. where if you give him an inch, he like, yeah, yeah. he'll take 10 miles, right? Guys like that who are yeah. at the time in, 20, in 2016, yeah. Jovan was almost okay with losing because he was always looking to get to the next place. Yeah. The Sounders didn't mean anything to him. I think now, if he looks back on it, that could have been there for yeah. you know, a, a decade and been that guy for, forever with that team. Um, but at the time, he just didn't really care. The Sounders were a bit of a stepping stone. So if you give a guy like that an inch, he'll take a mile. I see that in guys like Nuhu. Mm -hmm. I think Nuhu and Joven were here at the same time, and, and that's who you're connecting with and if you see a guy take an inch they'll take a mile i think these guys some of them show up late to training and it's okay when we're winning everything right. is a band-aid on right. it when you're winning but all of a sudden you start losing and you're asking questions well wait a minute now we're losing and you're not coming in early to yeah. get your treatment or to watch more film you still have the same attitude while we're losing that we're winning like i've that that's too much and then it's too late you know, you're five years down the road and you want to come in and say, guys, we're going to watch film on this day, this day, this day. Yeah. And guys that have been here since 2016 look back and say, well, wait, we, we never did that before. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing my checks and balances. Yeah. Well, then it becomes, again, it's within the group to say, hey, we have a new method of doing things because something isn't working. Right. Yeah. Whatever we're doing right now isn't working. And so whether that's Schmetz saying I was I, I gave two guys too much space or it's the players in the locker room not being accountable for doing extra to get, you gotta change something if you're not who, who winning. Who are those guys though? Because I'm, you're great points. And I always go back, you know, to think like, um, you know, obviously Casey Keller was an obvious voice. You were there, Taylor Graham was yeah. there. Vahanas, Tyrone Marshall. Pete Vahanas, people that would talk, you know, and like, you know, I'm trying to think like, the one guy who was kind of doing his own thing was Freddie Lundberg, yeah. who would show, you know, we have to be there no later than 9.15, he'd come at 9.45 yeah. with his dog and his oatmeal and his pyjamas. But one guy's fine. Sand, and you kind of accepted it. Yeah. We kind of say, that's Freddie, you know, he warm up, his laces will be untied for yeah. the first 10 minutes. He's, he does what he does. On the weekend, he's going to perform. He did the first year, no problems. When his level dropped, he had to go. So, but we did have guys that held people accountable mm -hmm. where Ziggy didn't really have to step in and be like, come on guys, sort it out. You know, even when Marcus Hanneman came, as fun of a guy as Marcus is, when it was time to train, Marcus yeah, trained and yeah. Marcus pushed. You don't let um, anyone get off the hook. Yeah, but who's so, that guy like Zach? If there's a bad call in practice, he's taking the ball and he's punting it into the river and being like yelling at people, right? Getting in fights with the assistant coaches. I don't know. I don't know. You need a Zach Scott. I'm not there every day. So I can see Steph, but he's on the side of Tom Dutra. Christian, I don't think is that guy. Great player, influential. I don't think... My point being, if Raul Rudias comes 45 minutes late, he's going to say something. Mm -hmm. Does Raul worry? If I'm coming late, I'm like, shit, that guy, like, like that, mm -hmm. right? So, I, again, I'm not saying you have to have that, but I think the top teams do sort of police themselves 
and you have guys who are going to step up and be vocal. Yeah. And maybe Schmidt sees there's a void there. Yeah. And well, maybe let me, him saying, I'll oh, stop being that is now. Tell, I'm tell me a team there. in Europe where you can show up late. Yeah, impossible. I was impossible. just thinking about the people, like, because I used to work in Boston and working for like the Patriots and stuff, just like listening to you guys talk about, oh yeah, guys like show up late or whatever. I'm like, I know. if hey, that ever happened, hey, and I don't, unless it's not a judgment thing, it's yeah. just a like difference yeah. thing. If that ever happened on the Patriots, like, holy. Yeah. SHIT, like I, I think of the top team. They get in the cut world. Yeah. T- yeah. next day. Everything I hear about Man City is like that. Everything I hear. Like it is like whether you're De Bruyne or Zach Steffen when he was there, it doesn't matter. Like same rules, same like, it, it maybe that's why they're so good. I don't know, but I think the top teams do have that where the locker room polices itself. I think um, I think if, if they're smart, you're gonna see a set of rules come in and a shift, especially yeah. with this facility on the horizon. Yeah. And you're gonna have yeah. now inviting sponsors and, and people that are paying big money to come and watch training and, and they expect where their money's going is the most professional of professional sports yeah. settings. And if you have guys showing up late, um, you know, it's not gonna fly anymore. And maybe it's a product of their environment at Starfire. Right. Um, it's not professional, yeah. it's just not. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a high school locker room. Yeah. And so I think, similar to, to Columbus, we had a place called Obets, mm. and it was like showing up, I mean, it was like in a remedial classroom. That's yeah. a good reminder. Like, these guys are going to Starfire Sports. To yeah, so, so maybe, there, maybe there is a yeah. shift, but I, I think, That's like you're saying, I don't know if it has to be zero to 100 in the snap mm-hmm. of a finger, yeah. but if you're going to step into this place when it's redone, it you, you better be a well-oiled machine by the time you get in here with a certain set of standards, because you don't want to go zero to 100 in this place yeah. right away. You want, you want a certain Stop set of rules. It, yeah, so, yeah. so I think you'll see, yeah. hopefully, a, a bit more accountable, and I, and I hope to have a conversation with Schmetz about his comments in six, seven months, yeah. saying, hey, remember last year at the end of the season? Said, what, yeah. uh, what changed? Because maybe the group seems a bit more uh, fiery, a bit more taking responsibility, or, or just give us some insight to the locker room and, yeah. and how it's uh, policed. Yeah. Um, before we go, do you think we'll see any surprises or see, like, any, like, any like, big player moving? And for what it's worth, Nuhu told me from his own mouth he wants to stay. Nuhu said, what I hear every day is I'm going to France, or I'm going to Belgium or Portugal. He goes, I like it here. He goes, the more I think about it, I'm very happy in Seattle. It doesn't necessarily mean if I go somewhere else, I'm going to be happier. And again, this may be him realizing that mm-hmm. last summer was his window. He may, I don't know. And he may talk differently in seven, eight, nine, ten weeks when he has a good World Cup. And I don't know. But he said, like, I want to be here. How old is so, he? Nuhu is 25, 26, right? So maybe yeah, he's, he's just not, kind of maturing a um, little bit. Yeah, he might even be younger not, than yeah. that, 24. He's 25, yeah. 25. So he's going to turn 26 next, next, um, next summer. Um, it seems like time. he's maturing in if the right If Nuhu's direction. on the team, is it a 3-5-2? Do we have to start that's signing that's players that's in a 3-5-2? Like right, yeah. Because we need, for Jordan to play at his best, yeah. he needs someone yeah. to compliment him. Yeah. We don't need attackers who help our defenders. No. We need defenders who help our attackers <laughs> in the attack, yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. I'm tired of like putting in guys that are going to cover for our, def- our right and left back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it should, be, it should yeah. be the opposite way around. It should yeah. be, we are defenders. How can I support you in attack? Yeah. How do you win games? Scoring freaking goals. Yeah. Not, I mean, yes, keeping the ball to the back of the net, but yeah. we don't play this game to play to zero. Yeah. It's, I'd rather win a game 4-1, 4-2 on any day. I don't know. I don't think we'll see any crazy surprises. Big signings, possibly, maybe wait till the summer. I don't know. But um, definitely an interesting off-season ahead. We're going to be here every week, um, and we'll try for sure to get Brian Schmitz in here, just to have a conversation with him to see 
what he made of it. Maybe he has you know, two, three weeks more to process it and figure out what went wrong. Um, but not the only team. I mean, my good friend, Kelly Porter, he fell short. He's gone. Yeah, he's and gone. He won an MLS Cup two years ago. Yep. So it, it can be a bit ruthless and cutthroat. Like, and I know, I know him quite well. He had well one, year, one year left on his yeah, contract, one too. One year left on contract, but he's missed the playoffs two years. Yeah. Done. Yeah, so, for sure. Two and, yeah. He's out. So it, it's, obviously, we won't see a coaching change. We won't see that. Um, last question on it. Do you expect, take everything into account, signings, fitness, JP comes back. Do you expect the Sounders to bounce back and just prove this was, uh, like, this was just an off year? I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to win a supporter shield. Yeah, but they'll be back to if they If, capital I, capital F, yeah. they stay healthy. We've seen this year how fragile if this team is yeah, yeah. if we're not healthy. Yeah. But Obed is back training yeah. in, in a slow ramp-up capacity. Yeah. JP is... JP, he's a beast from what, you know, yeah. hopefully we can have Meg on next week and we'll talk about yeah. that side of things. I think so that'll be a great insight. That'll be great. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if those guys stay healthy, um, and it's not like Jao Paulo's this world-renowned player. No. He just fits. And this is what we talked about earlier. Maybe it's, yeah. it's either you fit or you he don't. Leo Chu yeah. doesn't really fit with this team. Yeah. Um, yeah. But JP does. I think he's gonna help Nico a lot again. Like Nico, I, I don't think Nico's done. I will say that. I think, but he needs Joe Paulo. Nico can't do everything. Um, when JP or someone's there, Nico can stay up there. I think I just have a hard time moving on from Nico, man. Just for he made such a statement yeah. that last game. I, he must have. I felt something. like such a state, like emotionally or whatever. No, he's a that was crazy. He's a, but we see that. I've seen it happen to it happens to everyone when you. Time, I saw what happened to Landon Donovan, I saw what happened to Clint Dempsey here. Up close of, I mean, Clint yeah. was on the bench for Harry Ship towards the end. Yeah. Like, you never would imagine it, but it was the right decision. So, and it's maybe the best American player. So, again, it can happen to Nico. I don't know if it will, but hopefully the Sounders get back fit. And um, if, Brad and Keely, I'll ask you this before we go. If you were Garth and you could make one signing, one area, and it's going to be a top impact player, not saying the player, what position would you like severely, just to start, not a depth freeze, someone who becomes available and you're just like, wow, this fell into our lap. What position could the Sounders do most with? Goals, I think if Raul's fit, you have it covered for the most part. Jordan will chip in with his 8, 9, 10. If Will and Freddie are still here, they can get you combined 10, 11, 12. So I wouldn't go goals. But what, where would you say yes, that position? I'm still happy with Steph in the back, to be honest. Yeah. Yamar's pretty good. Maybe, a, I don't know. So where would, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm either toying between, um, it depends on what, we, what formation we play. If it's a you know, 4 2 3 1, that right sided midfielder, because then I would sit Christian with, with JP. Yeah. I think if those two are together and healthy, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you put Jackson in with Yamar and give him a full season next year. Jackson's got to be thrown into the fire. Yeah. I think he's, he, he made his mistakes. He's going to have a whole offseason yeah. to, to work on what he needs to work on, but I think those four are a pretty formidable de- defensive block there. Yeah. Um, but then I still, I still go back to, I, I, I like Nuhu. I, 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 when I played right back, my favorite thing was getting forward and serving balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is nothing better than getting forward. <laughs> I mean, even when Bob put me there at the first time with national team yeah. camp and Brian Ching was on my team in a small-sided game, I could just get the ball, swing it in. Yeah. One play, I could replay this in my mind forever. I didn't even look up. Yeah. I just knew where I was on the yeah. field, took a touch, swung in the ball, and Ching just got up yeah. and headed home. Yeah. Just this yeah. beautiful header. That is, as an outside back, yeah. that is your job. 
Yeah. Sorry. In, in modern football, soccer, that is your job. You need, we need yeah. four, five, six assists out of these guys every year. Yeah. And, or just even quality service. Yeah. Um, Alex this year lacking in service, I think, in, versus years past. And maybe he's staying home more because knew who's going forward a bit more because of Jordan's freedom. I don't know yeah. what the tactics are. Yeah. Um, but a couple outside backs that are, you know, top quality. Hmm. Top, I think it's top a personality quality. thing. Because if you look around, I'm like thinking attack. And we have so much talent there already. I, it's weird. I almost, like a, an Ozzy Alonzo type of personality needs wish, to be out there. Wish, you know who's not like, I feel like we have a lot of really guys with a lot of integrity, but they're like a little bit passive. Yeah. And someone who's like aggressive. Which is a weird thing for me to say yeah. that we need, but like I'm, that feels like I'm gonna say I agree. I, I actually I don't disagree with that, so I think that's a good shout. I'm gonna say someone if in a dream world, someone on the level of Chad Marshall. Mm. When Chad was here, I didn't play with I played against Chad. I didn't play with Chad, but oh man, I mean, it just was next level. Like Yema's very good, but Yema with like basically I'm saying upgrade Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. Ariel had a great season. I thought for what he was the year before to this year, he played great this season. <laughs> a true MLS best 11 every year, MLS all-time type centre-back would, would go a long way for me here. Then you, then you have that rotation. Right now, you know, Arega goes out, Reagan comes in, Sissoko comes in. They're going to make their mistakes as they're getting better. They're going to make their mistakes. So I think someone who's on the level of Yema and above... Aaron Long's um, a free agent. There you go. Is Chad Marshall just one of the most underappreciated oh, what a player. players in <laughs> what a player. U.S. history? Yeah. I mean, because he, he didn't say much, right? Chad just kind of just came, yeah. did his job, and went home. Right? But he didn't really... people do that, though. Well, right. I think because of that, he was yeah, expressive. But... Yeah, he just, he just, he just yeah. did his job, and went home. When it, I, got a, I got a FaceTime from him yeah. for two podcasts, three podcasts ago, and he was with this guy who we all played college against. And uh, they grew up playing together on the Strikers, and Chad was like, was I fast? Was I? He had had a couple of beverages on the golf course. And I was like, yeah, it's like the f- fastest white dude I've ever seen. Chad was fast. And then Luke was like, faster than Jordan? And I was like, well, it's, it's different. Chad, Chad never got beat by Jordan in practice. And he was like, well, that's positioning, not speed. And I was like, look, every time we came in, we wore GPS, and Chad's top speed was in the top two or three every single game. So... Yeah, he was fast. Like, people don't realize 6'4", 210, the dude could move. You know, but Jordan, again, even with two ACLs in the top six, I think top six or seven in, in overall speed this yeah, year. That's another thing I always forget. Two ACLs and he's come back. I know. It's, it's incredible. Wild. Yeah. Well, Sounders miss the playoffs. Won't be a part of the big dance. Um, the OL Reign do play in the playoffs. Who, who are you rooting for in, in this MLS Cup playoffs? Who do you think going to win? I think Philly's going to win. Not think you're going to win, but who, who would you well, be rooting for? Our coach is such a lame-o. I'm sorry. He's oh, such Philly? a dweeb. Jim? He's Jim? A oh, everyone loves him. I like Jim. He's just a bro. He's just a bro. He's just a dude. Yeah. Jim's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you, would, you would love him. Yeah. You would love I'm him. I'm sure I would probably love him. Yeah. He's a cool He's not going to say a bad word about it or like, no, he's a good dude. I'm going Cincinnati. Oh, I would love to see Nuno win. Wouldn't that, that be love, amazing? I would love to see, yeah, that's <laughs> or at team. least make a deep run. No, I would love that's that. That's my team, yeah. I would love to see Pat Nuno win. That would be, re- yeah, that would be really You know what's amazing. crazy? That yeah. Brenner, wow. right? We talked oh, about him. Yeah. Nine goals in the last five games to close out the season. And that's a guy Noonan said they had jogging around the field mid-season by himself. Unbelievable. What? Unbelievable. Isn't that crazy how things can just turn around? 
Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But he was at Sao Paulo FC. Like, he's a player. Yeah, he knows how to play, of course. He knows how to play. He's got a good it's coach. It's just a matter of... Structure, yeah. So, yeah. Well, since, well, well, Pat Noonan fans. Not since then. Well, Pat Noonan fans. <laughs> both playoffs. New York teams and both LA teams are in the playoffs. Yeah, year. big market. Yeah, okay. good for the league, I guess. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll have Meg with us, right? Mm -hmm. Meg Young? Yeah, from Sounders um, Sports Performance Department. She'll come in here. Um, really, really cool person. She'll be a fantastic chat. Um, until then, stay tuned and we'll see you guys next week.